The first pillar is transparency. The second part is it's a passive AI. The third and the final is we show in our algorithms how we make decisions. There's not much difference between a crazy person and a genius. So we created a calm system that you can share information for free. back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today, we are so blessed to have Calvin with us. Calvin, tell us who you are and what problem do you solve? Hey, Todd. Great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Calvin Yadu. I'm the co-founder and CEO of IREX AI. We're the number one ethical AI for small cities and public safety and for the government of today. I love it. The problems we solve. I mean, I, we, we can spend a long time here, but just to keep it on top, uh, public safety, we were talking before jumping on, talking about our families. Right. We want to think about safety of our families. We want to understand being the, uh, the richest country in the world, our infrastructure should support the level that our children and our next generation deserves. So that is the, the biggest problem that I'm trying to solve, which is through using ethical AI, um, to solve the infrastructure uh, problems for our smart cities right. and to create at the same time a form of public safety. So so dive into that just a little deeper because you talk about ethical AI. I've watched your promo video, your demos, things like that. Ethical AI versus what? Ethical AI versus everything else. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't need to pollute this conversation in a sense where like everyone heard like these uh, chat GPT conversations and all that and in california or even like in the east coast too yeah you throw a rock you hit an ai ml company right right that's right. just the way it is right so what is ethical ai the ethical ai is built on a few things the first pillar is transparency like uh, that means that the whole platform the whole infrastructure shows who is doing what with which ai module okay the second part is it's a passive AI, meaning it does not make any decisions. It just gives you the information that you're looking for. Okay. It has no ability to make any decisions. And the third is, as I said, uh, with the uh, transparency. And the second is the, uh, is the part of the, um, uh, basically how we are, uh, it being at a passive AI. And the third and the final is, we show in our algorithms how we make decisions. So yeah. you probably heard of the phrase of black box and everything else in between. Uh, we're, we're not working with that side. So essentially our algorithms, we build them in house. We're very proud of them. And we show how our AI comes to whatever outcome or results it's or information is showing you on the screen. Right, right. Very cool. That, that's a That's a big differentiator. And I know that the reason why you differentiate is because there is a lot of dirty AI out there. And there's a lot of people making decisions with AI that really need to be human-based decisions given information that they can reach from through AI. Is that right? Yes, that absolutely. So there's a term that actually uh, our federal government is using is called RAI, stands for Responsible AI. And that is uh, uh, like a year later than IREX. I'm not saying we started the trend, but essentially what you just said, hey, AI is to uh, help the human intelligence. Right. And the idea is that, hey, these are the options of things that you're trying to solve. Right. And you as Todd, as the user or operator should make that decision. But it's the human should make the decision, not the AI. It can help us to make a better decision, right. but right. it should not make our decision. 
I love that. That's actually a great new phrase. I have not ever heard anyone other than you talk about responsible AI or ethical AI. I think that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, it, it kind of brings a little peace of mind, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it is. And that was the concept. And to take the conversation, like uh, like when we were like uh, sort of uh, drawing this on the whiteboard, essentially, yeah. the strategic placement of IREX is also is that we never want to compete with the the legacy companies in the world like right. uh, that are helping in the smart city side or fiber optic side or infrastructure side anything related to that right plus uh we don't want to be part of these uh, ai ml companies so how do we create our own lane and that has been the mission of mine where we using smart city and public safety as the two vehicles yeah. to educate our government to educate our the mayors and right. the chiefs of police, the sheriffs, the superintendents of the school district. Right. That hey, the there is a new way of looking at your infrastructure. Yeah. You don't have to replace everything. You can use your existing infrastructure that saves you millions of dollars. Right. Then at the same time, you put the ethical uh, concept on top of it, which we call it transparency by design. Right. That means there is no delete buttons, there's no hidden button, and etc. And now you have this ecosystem that gives you real-time situational awareness and using your existing infrastructure, and you can just share that information in real time with right. whomever you want, however you want. Right. And I love this. And, and for those of you listening who, who are still having a hard time following what we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about literally like the infrastructure of a city, traffic lights, uh, uh, cameras, um, surveillance stuff that's going on around the cities it all kind of coordinates into one area where it's saying hey this is what's going on and then it allows the humans to make the decisions that is that a fair enough brief 30 second discussion yeah, absolutely so you talked about a couple of uh, those iot devices you can add access control to them right we know uh, in california we're handling wildfire type of uh, issues we use drones right uh, for that uh, we have uh, uh, weather sensors, like we were talking about Florida, that, that we just had Hurricane Ian, any type of parameter security sensors and all that. So what we do is because we are agnostic, our algorithms are agnostic to hardware and software, it integrates all of that, Interesting. runs into cloud computing, runs the AI engine in real time. And then it matches whomever government database you want to match it with, like let's say an abducted child or missing kid, and et cetera. And, uh, and we then match it and share it with whomever the authority you want to share it. Wow. From the bottom of recognizing, matching, and sharing, on an average, it takes 0 0.4 seconds. Wow. Wow. Now, this is exciting, and this is really cool. Um, I mean, a lot of people are still fairly nervous. I mean, generally, ChatGPT has been a 2023 thing. And... And as that has exploded, everyone's mind has been blown as to what AI can and can't do for us. You started this in 2019. Yes, I mean, how did you get access to this stuff? And how did you start tapping into AI and its ability to do these types of functions before the whole world knew it was even a, a usable feature set? Yes, yeah, so the, I have to give a lot of the credit to my partner, Nick. Uh, so Nick is the uh, the smartest person I know, uh, or the one of the smartest people I know, uh, and uh, we both happen to have roots from UK. Awesome. And uh, what what we have built in this system is essentially, as you as you put it, that how can we see the trend side of it? Yeah. So essentially, him building the infrastructure and me building the 
the commercial infrastructure right. or the, the the front end of the business, how are we going to place it in the market and et cetera, et cetera, right. and all those uh, strategy stuff. Uh, basically, from that yin-yang combination, we saw the market heading because I noticed the biggest problem yeah. that uh, the government was trying to solve is that we have created silos of information. Right. Tom. So what happens is basically you go to any one city, as just example you brought up earlier, they school districts has their own information. Yeah. Matter of fact, each school has their own information. Yeah. yeah. The PD, the police department is doing, the fire department is doing their own thing. The traffic analysis are doing their own thing. The water department is doing, sure. forget about the electric grid because that's a federal side than the airports. So we have created uh, the most developed country in the world has created these silos of information that do not talk to each other. Of course we did. And we saw an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, because nobody wants to share their data. Right. Essentially, on top of that, they they didn't realize that, hey, the, where the technology going, you can do like permission-based sharing where yeah. if I want Todd to have access to this 5%, he would not even know this 95% exists. He right. just have access to the 5%. Right. But that was the philosophy behind that. How do we create this? invisible ecosystem that connects all softwares and all hardwares in real time. Right. And that was our market push, basically the strategy to stay away from the big giant whales and all the day-to-day AI ML companies too. Well, I love what you're talking about. And and honestly, those of you listening, as you start to ideate ways to grow and scale your business, you know, a lot of us have to put into our, our vision path who is the avatar we're really looking for? Who's the persona we want to be selling to? And what what does our ideal client look like? And and when I, you know, hear your story and you jump straight from like zero client to big government contracts and consolidating government agencies together, that's a huge leap. Like, how in the world did you even think that was possible, first of all? And and how did you pull it off? And I mean, three or four years, you are now. A uh, hundred employees, and you're all over the country with offices and and product, dude. What are you doing? Like this is really, really amazing. So I long time ago had a quote that um, there's not much difference between a crazy person and a genius, <laughs> and the much difference, the very little difference, is success. So every genius or every crazy person who gets a little bit of success is a genius. And every genius who doesn't get success is a crazy person. Makes sense. So when you asking this question to me yeah. in the beginning, I was a crazy person essentially. And there was a lot of uh, doubts, but the, 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 the beautiful part about our uh, path, as you put it, the, the, the avatar that we want to see and put it is right. that if we fix all these problems, yeah. there is no fundamental way that, we will not have traction. We will not have hundreds of millions of like, you know, pipeline right. ready for us and right. et cetera. Uh, it's just physically not possible. When we're uh, the biggest problem, every single government agency has a short of staff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how can yeah. we make a force multiplier AI that can tell you what to pay attention totally. to because of your list of protocols and pain points? Okay, done. How can we make a, 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 a AI that, people can use without even buying services from us. So if you have AI of Rx AI and you want to share the the information with me in real time, I don't need to have Rx AI. Okay, so we got to build build those bridges right. and break those walls of silos. Right. And then the final piece was, as I said earlier, if we bring this uh, invisible layer to connect all these silos of information, which is already there. Right. 
And that's the beautiful part. We don't install anything in cities and countries infrastructure. It's already there. We just synthesizing the existing data and giving that that real time situational awareness that they didn't know it was going to waste. Wow. And that's how when you put the avatar that Nick and I thought like, okay, this is the the company going to make it. Right. And the beautiful part, and again, if people, uh, your viewers and listeners that are listening to this, in a business model hours, I knew it because of my background and what I've done for uh, like when I come from the corporate world right. is that I don't need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of clients. Right. I just need five or six or seven only. They just because have to after be the that entity it, in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's idea. I just need that the big clients to believe in it right. and get to the early believers who are willing to use it. Right. And after that, it's just that. Chasing that, that, okay, we have another project. We have another Crazy. project. We have another project. We just did this one project in Southern California and it hasn't even just to tell you the pilot ended and it hasn't, the real project hasn't even kicked off yet. Yeah. And we have 12 new projects lined up around it. Crazy. It's just the, and word of mouth, word of mouth. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, Trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. CaptainsCouncil.com. Go to CaptainsCouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators who are joining with you in a small group setting, a global community setting, as well as at our in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. Well, that's a from pretty easy business to, uh, I mean, it's amazing with, with the avatar that you're going after, it is all word of mouth because they all suffer from the same problem, which is nobody has access to each other's data and nobody feels safe sharing it. And there's no way to like, you know, to really manipulate it without, you get humans involved and stuff starts getting screwed up. You get a, you get an operational AI though involved and all of a sudden it's just interpretation of data, aligning similar things that need to be aligned. And it's really pretty hard to screw things up when it's a machine doing it, not a human. You know what I mean? Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. And then all, uh, as you brought up, like it's a very, the chat GP and all the other things, this is a very uh, 2023. Right. Yes. For the masses, but if you think about it, let's go back to one of our America's biggest tragedy is uh, is uh, the Boston bombing. A lot right. of people don't realize that the first thing went down after the bombing was the comm system. The cops couldn't talk to each other. And there was a, plenty of people that had the very good description of this individual, but right. they couldn't share it and with people and all that. So as you're saying, how do you make a growth strategy right. solve a problem? 
How right. do you create, you can't create an AI system that only talks to your hardware or only right. talks to your users or your software. So we created a comm system that you can share information for free. Awesome. And that goes back to my personal mission and the company's mission to uh, take out the cancer of human and child trafficking. Right. Uh, we do not make any money for this application. Love we it. give this technology for absolutely free. Uh, and Thank we you. have, uh, uh, no, I'm very proud to say there, we have uh, reunited plenty of kids with back with their families Wow! and, uh, every agency that wants to use this from Homeland to, uh, national, uh, child protection task force, um, to FBI, every uh, and nightmare. we just give them, use it, use this technology for free Love it. and et cetera. And, um, if my information is on public, if I tell you how many times I get called from moms and dads and because they, and I have a technology that can help them. Right. So it becomes very hard to not tell the avatar, hurry up, man. So yeah, when you care. were asking like, how do you get from there to there? Uh, when strangers are seeking you as your hope and you never met them, yeah, uh, it becomes very evident that, yeah, we got to bust wow. uh, some heads here. We got to move forward no matter what. All right. So this is, this is super cool. Like what, what an amazing company. First of all, congratulations. Uh, I still can't wrap my head around how you've been able to do what you've done in three or four years. We'll get there some point, but uh, <laughs> tell us about some highlights along the way. I mean, what were some, as you look back on the last four years, what are some of the key pivotal decisions that you made that kind of drove you to this rapid growth in the way that you've done it? Wow, um, you want to hear some of the the good ones, the bad ones, or the ugly ones? Start with the good, yeah. yeah. Start with the good stuff, and then we'll get into some challenges. The good ones are easier because they're very few. As you know, in business, you just have to be right <laughs> few times. Bad, like you have to right. learn a lot. Um, right. So the good ones, from the perspective, is like, hey, getting a, into a stage with a, a government agency or um, a city or a county or even like right. a country, we're doing a few countries in UK, Europe, South America, Middle East, everywhere. Wow. Uh, so the idea is to get in early and to find the open-minded people that willing to yeah. just very willingly just want to try the technology. So that was our like really good moment where we started to figure out that, hey, if we would like to make a change in the that the year or the next year we gotta get in earlier right. stages where we can educate the buying party or the, the government right. agency that hey these type of technology exists and yeah. i cannot came out of a single meeting where they say they didn't know we could do this i'm sure and, yeah and that's the idea where uh we can like solve a lot of problems so that's one of the biggest like one good thing where you're almost being this trusted advisor to right, uh, right. to your end user where they're asking you, what do you think we right. should do? And that's how you know <laughs> you you got the right, uh, uh, essentially your step forward with them. They trust you. And, right. and what, one of the things that another thing we do is like, it's absolutely free. So let's say tomorrow Todd uh, International wants to use IREX. I'll tell you, don't believe me just because I'm an extremely good looking guy. Uh, no, here's the, 
here's the platform, try it for two weeks, for a month, for free. Right, uh, and right. obviously it's not free for IREX, but I make sure the end user doesn't pay anything. So that takes right. away all the hesitation from the end user side that, sure. hey, sure. I have to pay for it. I have to do all this. I have to get all these approvals and all that. But now they see, oh, I get to just try it. And, you know, most open-minded people like you and I, we, we want to play with a new toy. So they want to see, right. hey, does it work here? Does it do this? Uh, can I do that? Can I, uh, if I pull out, uh, because we were just testing in, uh, sure. in America, some of these active shooter, some of these departments are testing uh, our active shooter situation. Uh, wow. And they see, oh, wow, I don't even, it's, it, it's, it's alerting before even I enter the building. It's wow. uh, seeing through the glass doors and it's locking the access control automatically and all those little things uh, that they say, oh, I didn't even know this exists. So those are the couple Crazy. of good things, getting in early, being a trusted advisor and sort of like having this no commitment uh, uh, right. way of going to the end user. And some of them are good partners to you and others are vendors, I like to call them because we're not vendors, we're a partner right. to you. Right. Now I, I hear what you're saying, but that, and that is a blessing. That's a smart move to do this. Like, Hey, just try it and see how these systems talk to each other. But on the flip side, that's got to open up a whole door of new challenges too, because, you know, decision-making on that level isn't always a smooth process. In fact, while you were talking earlier, I thought, man, how can you help our DMV system so we don't have to wait in line for five hours, you know? There's got to be ways that you're simplifying these things, but how do you get the decisions made? Because that, that is a bureaucracy and a half. Uh, yes, it is. And you said it, not me. Uh, I love all my end users and the way they make decisions. I just want to uh, make it very clear about that part. Uh, <laughs> Sounds but good. you're absolutely right that the idea is essentially that, hey, what? So if you get them to solve their problem, and that's yeah. why one of the things that's like, uh, I want to take a step uh, back in the sense, when we are building the ecosystem, so we have built the world's largest neural training model, bigger than any company. Right. And uh, what it allows us to do is to build new AI modules faster than most companies on this planet Earth. And right, right. so when I go to somebody and they explain their pain points, hey, we have a problem where a lot of people committing suicides. Uh, hey, right. we have a problem with uh, uh, people with mental disability just walking out. We have a problem sure. that uh, 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 elderly getting heart attack or something and no one is around. Now, sure. to an engineer, there is just one solution to all these problems. But to the end user, the user, they're seeing their father-in-law walking out in the middle of night because he has Alzheimer's. Uh, right. They have a five-year-old walking out of elementary school being found a mile away from the school. Uh, and sure. the whole active shooter situation, we don't have to explain. It's in the news everywhere. Sure. To them, that's a pain point. So once yeah. you solve that, essentially, and because we know from the technology side that how we have done our homework, it's airtight. It does what it says it does. Now we just have to get them to use it. Now, back to right. your point that, yes, it is a, a long six to eight months of process. Once yeah. they try it and you fix that one pain point from them, yeah. now you have a friend in the room. Now you basically, they're, uh, they're almost on our side and pitching it right. to the mayors, to the governor. They want it more than you yes. want it probably. Yeah. Exactly. And my dad was an ex-police officer. My father-in-law was an ex-police officer. And I have never met a mayor 
or a sheriff or a chief or a superintendent who right away say, oh man, I wish I had it a year ago. I could have done that. Oh, I wish I had it three right. years ago. I, I remember the case we were doing this. Oh, the mayor is like, right. oh, remember when we had the shooting, we could have helped this. Like all those kind of ideas starts to coming up uh, because right. you got to, as going back to our original line that we got to count on the human intelligence and the For human sure. intelligence yeah. is you got to solve their pain points. And once you do that, Yes, uh, the process is, again, the whole RFPs, uh, market studies, uh, bidding, and et cetera. And from right. there, we can hope for the best. So so the the money model of this, though, the revenue model, is is it uh, number of devices connected? Is it is it data transfer? Like, I'm just trying to think of all the systems that need to be connected and, and talking with each other. What, what is the revenue model? How do, how do you even price something like this? Uh, I'll, I'll price it very simple. So when we were again, so we keep it very simple. So there are, yeah. we looked at again, uh, with my background, uh, I looked at all the companies are doing this at least close by. Uh, and we were by far the, the most, uh, developed, most sophisticated technology out there. And yeah. it's just not a claim. There's been bake-offs, there've been awards and ranks and all that. So people can look right. that up themselves. Uh, but the idea essentially is that, we looked at how our, so some people were charging essentially Todd was like, how many users are using that platform? Yeah, yeah. Then somebody said, how, how many, what's the usage of people are using it? How many times you're right. using it? And then there were people, how many sensors as you put like, or the cameras or devices and et cetera that you're using. Right. But we thought of like, uh, interesting. So they have to do all of this and then they have to buy their cloud services from somebody too, their servers sure. and all that. Yes, that's sure. another expense on top. Uh, so right. we thought, what if we just do one fee and make unlimited sensors, unlimited users, and unlimited usage and charge them on per sensor basis? So that's it. So that's our business model, like a SaaS uh, cool. annual contract uh, where uh, our average contract is from three to five years. And we yeah. basically, you can keep adding hundreds of people and you can yeah, keep yeah. take out them, you can add them, you can have right. usage like 24 seven, because that's the whole point of having AI that a person sure. is not watching 15,000, 11,000 cameras. Right. Uh, we just had a client that doing uh, 11,000 cameras and using only two people because the AI wow. helps them to tell them which one it is and all that. Wow. So cool. from that perspective, that was the idea of pricing because Again, it's just not from the technology. We want to make our own lane from pricing right. side. Also, we want to make our own lane that cities right away know, oh, I don't have to get grants uh, because yeah. we don't know what the annual price will be. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of that. How many people are going to use it? Oh, you can yeah. use it, Todd, because we have to get another subscription or something like that. No, yeah. Yeah. we yeah. want to have yeah. a flat fee for the entire uh, term of the uh, the contract and use as yeah. much as you want. And, and all the updates are for free, by the way. Any updates we awesome. bring, it's for free. And uh, it has this, to be. It has to yes. be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I ask always my user, all I'm asking in return is you give me the feedback. What are the right. bad things right. to get rid of? What are the good things? Make them better. And what are the great things? And keep doing. And they always tell us, our last two products actually came from customer feedback. Uh, last two updates of our product. And if it's if the customer want to tell us, hey, I want this information. I don't want all of right. this. 
uh, okay, let's do this then. Why do you want this? And the, the, all those questions. And again, going back to your point uh, uh, earlier, that going back to your question of earlier, you become the trusted advisor and now they want to yeah. yeah. tell you what how to solve their problems. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Fascinating. I, I love, I love the, uh, I love the product. I mean, I, I probably spent a long, a lot more time going over your product than other people because I, I, I'm super intrigued by it. I used to own an audio video company and we did a lot of security and automation and, and integration with electronic devices. And so my head's been wandering in the background of our conversation, thinking of all the implementation that has to take place to get all these sensors and things to talk to each other. And so I am thinking about that from a from a very experienced perspective, but at the same time, you know what an inspiration. You know, for those listening, this is a four year journey that he's been on to build this this particular program. You know, along the way, you know, have you have you raised a lot of strategic money? Have you uh, developed this through? I, I mean, bootstrap. Like, how have you built this, and what have you done? Yeah, so we are uh, self funded. Uh, we have no external, wow. uh, uh, yes, uh, you can call it bootstrap. We, uh, it's, um, because I, I take almost two investment bankers call a week. So apparently it's <laughs> a badge of honor, especially post pandemic, uh, cause the cap- capital raising market is completely different now. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, the idea is essentially is that, uh, yeah, we make ourselves, we making the payrolls and, uh, it's a good for you. It's a very clean company, essentially for us. We bootstrapped it all good the way. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, man. This is exciting. Thank and, you. And, and people listening, you can do this. Like, this is not um, impossible to bootstrap a business, and it is not impossible to come up with an innovative product that you can introduce to very large clients like government agencies and even countries and municipalities. I mean. This is a huge, huge deal. I'm very proud of you. I'm very honored to have met you and and heard the story firsthand because a lot of times you hear things about pro- programs and projects like this, but it's, it's another thing to actually meet the founder and the and the group that has developed this. And way to go. I, I'm super honored to be with you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me and letting the uh, all your listeners and viewers to uh, see our journey and it's an uphill battle, but again, nothing good comes, you know, that is easy. So easy. That's agreed. Agreed. Well, one last thing, I love to get a shout out and, and the shout out, as you know, is someone who's inspired you kind of helped you along in this journey. Can you think of someone offhand that uh, has been that person for you? Uh, that's very easy for me, Todd. It's uh, my business partner, Nick. Uh, uh, he inspires me in a lot of different ways. And one of Love them it. is of his perspective of life. So his philosophy towards life, that's really inspires me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm super, super honored to, to get connected with you. And thanks so much for taking your time today to be on the show. And we will catch up with the rest of you on the next episode. Thanks for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Hey, I hope that interview was as cool for you as it was for me. I honestly loved the conversation and the post conversation was even better. I should have recorded it, should have kept the camera on. But Calvin is honestly one of those brilliant guys you don't meet very often. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got an amazing product. And the way he's taken it to market, let's just face it, I'm jealous. Like he thought of solutions with big money people and big government people who are willing to spend it for a solution that he's providing. Why don't I do that more often? 
I don't know. I don't know. My wife's asking me the same question. But here's what's important. Calvin has a strong network. He has great people telling him, hey, man, this is probably a direction you could go. Why don't you try there? Hey, you know, he's got an amazing group of not only investors, but also friends and and uh, former partners and things like that who have been able to help him shape the way his business is going. If you don't have a peer group of CEOs and other founders who are in your corner helping you make these decisions, you need to have one. That is why today's episode is sponsored by Captain's Council. Captainscouncil.com is a group where you can join and become a part of an intimate group of other CEOs and founders who are in growth mode just like you. No, it's not a startup community. It's a community of founders who have already done their launch and now they're trying to figure out where is my best place to go? Where is my focus? Where should it be? And how do I grow and scale my business in a responsible way? That is what the Captain's Council is about. If that's you, go to captainscouncil.com, check it out. There's an application on the front. Just go and apply. You don't have to pay anything to do the application, but we wanna know who you are, what kind of business you're running, and how can we help you the most? If it's not a fit, you'll know right away. But we are looking for people to join our group, to become part of our, our council community and help each other with these types of answers. Can you imagine having a board of directors or a board of advisors who are active CEOs, who take an interest in your business and in you and your well-being? You have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for that. Well, you don't in the Captain's Council. So check it out at captainscouncil.com. We'll see you then and we'll also see you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. If you haven't done so already, like, share, subscribe, do anything you can to help us grow the channel so that we can continue to provide awesome content for you to grow and scale your company. We'll see you on the next one.